today I'm delighted to be joined by Dr Ems Lord. Ems is the Director of the Outreach Project Enrich and that's based in Cambridge's Maths Faculty. Ems has taught across maths um, across all key stages from early years through to A-level further maths and she now contributes to the postgrad teaching at the Faculty of Education. There are, of course, so many other strings to Ems bow, which I'm hoping we will get to cover through the episode. Um, but first, Dr Ems, it's really great to have you as a guest on this episode. So thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join me today. Well, thank you so much for inviting me along. I mean, it's such an exciting time right, right now for school maths. We've just had Maths Week England when we only started, what, in 2019? And what did we get last week? Over a million sign-ups. I mean, it's fantastic. And Enrich has been there from the beginning. Um, right now, the team are busy working away on getting our advent calendars ready for December the 1st. And um, when we mentioned that on Twitter the other day, there was just such a lovely response from the maths community. So yeah, it's really busy. Um, but I've been looking forward so much to this um, chat today. So thank you very much for inviting me along. Oh no, the pleasure's mine. So we've got um, just so much to, to talk about, but I like to do an icebreaker at the start of everything. And I did think Christmas themed, but you know, I, I thought we'll, we'll sidetrack Christmas, but I'm just really intrigued. If maths, let's say in a really weird universe where maths didn't exist, it wasn't a thing, like where do you think you'd be now? What do you think you would be doing if it wasn't maths? Oh, wow. What a great question. Um, well, maths has always been special to me. I mean, if I wasn't involved in teaching and learning maths, it would have been there in part of my life because my mum is an artist. She's got a really good eye at noticing things, spotting patterns. And then my dad, he's an engineer. He's a problem solver. And, you know, you get those two people together bringing me up and they just seem to be the ideal ingredients for a mathematician because I'm somebody who loves solving problems, loves spotting patterns and it's just those moments of awe and wonder you get with mathematics whether it's through design or number patterns and um, so I just think whatever happened somewhere along the way maths would have played a key role in my life. I think if maths hadn't have existed you would have created a world of mathematics. <laughs> Um, so let's talk about Enrich first. Now, I'm a huge, huge fan. Um, I've been to many events, many, you know, CPD sessions and development sessions up at Cambridge, definitely in awe um, of the Institute. Um, when I was teaching, I would always have a special notice board where it had the latest challenge. Um, so students could work on it, they could submit it to me, submit it direct to Enrich, um, but it was something there that I always promoted. Now I'm conscious that there could be listeners um, today that haven't heard or haven't been introduced, they might be new, newly qualified teachers, they might be you know, non-math specialists that have changed direction, so let's tell them, well you can tell them, you're the expert, what is the project all about? Oh, wow. It's such a privilege um, to be working with Enrich because like you, when I was classroom based, I was using Enrich resources all the time. So we're based at the University of Cambridge and we're basically seen as being the home of problem solving. It's in our DNA. We've been going over 20 years and what we look for is challenging, engaging problems 
that the children want to get engaged with. It's just so important that we get their enthusiasm early. And we've got our curriculum. We've got our three aims of being fluent, reasoning and problem solving. But how often are those problems just straightforward and don't challenge and engage the children? You know, where's the fun and creativity? You know, for me, it's like football. And if you think about when you're playing football and you're practicing football and you put all your markers down on the ground and you get your footballs out and you practice dribbling them through and you do all your drills. You know, it's just like when we're learning our numbers at school and it's really important to do the practice. But if you're doing the practice, isn't it also important to actually be able to use those skills and celebrate them? So at football, you know, you can put the Champions League on and you can see Messi scoring a wonder goal as he goes past everybody and uses the skills. You know, and in maths, we've got the design, we've got equations, we've got modelling, all people using the skills that people learnt when they were so much younger. So for me, enrich with a home of problem solving, but we also have that responsibility as well to share our love of maths and developing those challenging problems so that students can explore, they can investigate and use those skills, those transferable skills, which we all need when we're older. We need to be able to persevere and not give up at the first hurdle. We need to be flexible. So when we get stuck, we can do things a different way. And we've got to be able to work with other people. And these are all skills that the children can practice and develop using the enriched resources, you know, and they're free. OK, teachers can go online, download them for free, save on their workload because we've even put the teacher notes up there. And as you were saying with student solutions, we invite solutions. And we upload those too when the problems are live and it's all curriculum mapped. So it's there for teachers and it's our vision for what we hope maths would look like in the school and to get the skills that our children needed they're going to thrive not just economically but socially as well mm. so that's what we're about problem solving it's in our yeah. dna it is in the dna and do you know what else i used to i used to describe to you know new new staff to, to my departments was they're fantastic tasks for thinking outside the box they're not a task that you would find in a textbook or you know like a, a curriculum based you know off the shelf kind of you know task like that um i remember doing i think it was called monkey's peaches um with like my year sevens or year eights and it's a peach problem and how many peaches you're going to have left and the monkeys have to but it was a team effort and to put them into groups kind of blew their mind straight away when they turn up to a, a classroom for maths and think that they're going to sit and work independently. So when you when you talk about that teamwork, it really is a collective approach to these tasks and they soon start to realise that actually, you know, their competitive edge comes out when they start to hear the other the other teams kind of talking and then they start talking because they want to beat the other team and they want to solve the challenge first. But the really powerful thing I found with enriched tasks is when you have that debrief at the end and they realise that maybe every single group in the class approached it in a different way, had a different you know, set of skills between them. They might have even come out with different answers, but the, they began to learn that it wasn't 
it was about the journey that they were making you know like Messi and tackling those you know those other players and going around those players in different ways and as a teacher you know and anyone that's listening out there do you know it, it is one of those or the more you do it the more moments you get golden moments where you get to sit back and watch magic happen. Um, and you watch the ultimate pedagogy unravel um, as you see these students teach themselves. And you become you become an observer rather than a facilitator um, because they're just off and, and you let their little minds kind of expand and develop. Um, so I'm, I'm a great fan of just taking them out of their comfort zone and watching them hit those walls and hurdles, but again then watching them try and overcome them as a team. Um, I want to pick up on the um, interview that you did with Penny, Penny Bowder in the Authority magazine and I just want to have a look at how you think Enrich is helping change these negative attitudes towards maths and, and as I've mentioned to you before, before the call, Bobby Seagull and I spoke about this in a in a previous episode, and it's something that all teachers are facing every day. Um, so to take something away from this episode, you know, they might be teachers listening on the way to work today. What can they do when they get into school today that's going to start having a positive impact in their classroom? Oh, well. You know, Bobby's such a great role model for mathematics. I mean, his enthusiasm is just infectious, isn't it? And he's been a great supporter of Maths Week England. So, yeah, we've kind of got that momentum going at the moment, you know, with million subscribers for the event. But it's about the day to day, isn't it? It's what's happening in the classrooms. Mm. And I think this is where our low threshold, high ceiling approach is just so important. And when I'm talking about the low threshold, that's an activity that everyone can do in the class. OK, and I think that's really important, giving everybody something to do that is accessible to them. So um, just thinking about one of the activities, we've got Amy's dominoes, giving the children a set of dominoes and there's a couple missing. Can they work out which ones are missing? Now, we've all done that in real life when you know, younger family members have left the dominoes out and there's a couple we've got to hunt down. But this is just great for them to start spotting the patterns in there. So you've got this low threshold and as they do the task, they start to see the patterns there. And then the high ceiling. Well, I've seen this for myself when a teacher set this as their math lesson for the day. And as the lesson came to an end and the children figured out the patterns with a six by six set of dominoes, they got really curious and they started saying, Miss, miss, what, what if we had seven dot ones? What if we had eight dot? Could you have a 50 dot? Oh, what about a hundred dot set of dominoes? How cool would that be? How many would we have, miss? The children went off at break time and carried on working on it. So mm. that high ceiling really gets the children carrying on with the maths and changing from being problem solvers, which is an important skill, to becoming problem posers and mm. these are children in the future who are going to be innovating developing new ideas challenging what we think and helping take us forwards so one thing that could happen tomorrow go on the enrich site look at the problems for the age group you work with and have a go at one choose one of the one star activities they're brilliant low, low threshold 
So all your class can have a go, but they've got that high ceiling. And I think that's where the magic happens. I mean, I spoke with one child who'd been playing Got It, which is a fantastic game. You can do pencil and paper or yeah. interactivity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what she said was, do you know what? After I'd figured it out, she said, I just wanted to carry on showing it to everybody. I showed my older brother, I showed my mum, I showed my <laughs> granddad. I Wow, isn't that what we're after? We want them talking about maths. So let's give them activities with those high ceilings where they can keep going. It isn't something they've done in 10 minutes. It's something they don't want to put down, that they're hooked. Mm. I remember doing the factors and multiples game. Oh, you yeah. I love that game so much and we you know I, we did it a lot so they could have um, you know pieces of paper and whiteboards and things but the, one of the the memories that I have is when we did it as a class they wanted to play it again and they said can we do it as a class miss I think we've got it I think we can go all the way um, and I will definitely make sure that we share the link directly to Enrich and probably the Factors and Multiples game for people to have a go. Um, but the idea is that you can choose, it's between one and 50 if I remember rightly, and you can choose any starting number and the succession has to be, it's either a factor or a multiple of that number. And the, the challenge is to try and use all of those numbers. And they were screaming at each other. You know, we'd have the nominated bubble popper because you can touch them on your interactive board and they they pop up as bubbles and just script no you can't have that one put it back and it just became um almost they see it as a game but as a teacher you know you're watching just this love of maths and then exactly what you described happens every time you get those students come back and say i was doing that last night i went on there last night and i was having a go myself and i got 36 successive numbers and you're like yes and then you share it with the class and then someone else comes back and says well I did it over the weekend and I got that and you know it just continues and it's that love and that passion that you start to build amongst them and that that you know the inquisition the what ifs the let me just try I think they're just brilliant so I'll make sure that we share those um those isn't that fantastic that you have got children doing maths in a lesson who carry on in break times, who carry on that night, who do it at weekends and are so enthusiastic about mathematics. I mean, yeah. it's great that we can do that, but you know, let's get the message out there. Let's share this sort of high ceiling idea so that the children can get engaged and go off and investigate and just have that fun with their mathematics, which they get with some of the other subjects. You know, let's get that happening in maths too. Yeah, let's show them it can happen in maths because it can, it can happen. And even, I know we talk about low threshold, but even it, even my A-level further mathematicians, there are some really good challenges on there that will challenge your most able students. So I encourage, as along with you, Ems, for everyone to, to take a look. So let's switch um, the theme slightly because I want to tap into your um, expertise in, in many ways. One of the questions that, or many of the questions I was asked as a teacher, um, and as a mathematician, I found that I had a little bit more experience and skill set and understanding to answer them. But when you get asked a question from a student that says, what's the point of algebra? Where did it come from? Who invented this? This is pointless. I'm never going to need this in real life. I think that we 
could potentially miss an opportunity here to embrace and encourage um, a love of mathematics. So as an algebra expert and an education expert in the field of maths, EMS, what do teachers say? What can they say to their students when these questions are asked? Oh, wow. Well, OK, hands up first. You know, I love algebra. It was my specialist area where I was studying. So, you know, for me, when they ask that question, I'm just so pleased they're asking because at least they're reflecting what they do. They're showing that interest and they genuinely want to know when am I going to use this? You know, it's a great question. You know, for me, algebra is a language that we use. We learn French, we learn German, we learn the system of road signs in this country. We can't take a car out by ourselves until we know the system of road signs. It's another language that lets us work mathematically. Because when we start at school, when we're at primary school, we spend a lot of time rehearsing our arithmetic skills. And that's really important. But arithmetic, if we're not careful, we have to do a separate calculation every single time. And you get to the point where you do so many, you start to spot patterns. And that's what algebra is. It's the language of patterns and it makes our lives easier. And, you know, when I get those students asking those questions, it's a brilliant opportunity to go and get out a bar of chocolate a big bar of chocolate those ones that you see in the superstores at christmas tempting you at the cash out i think they're essential to have to hand as a mathematician because if i don't use them in teaching i can always find another use for a big bar of chocolate <laughs> so if i've got this bar of chocolate real big bar with all the chunks what i can do is i can just take my bar and tear off a corner of it so you can see some of the chunks but you can't see all of them. And then I can challenge them. OK, so you can have the bar of chocolate if you can tell me how many chunks there are in it. So how are they going to do it? They can only see some of the chunks. Well, yeah, it's full wrapped. You can kind of rub over it and you can count them all. But I've chosen a big bar and that gets really frustrating and you do kind of lose count after a while. So what do they do? Well, they predict how many chunks there are on the length and the breadth and they multiply them of course they do and they tell me the number and when we check they've got it right and they've got the bar of chocolate where's the algebra well the algebra it's the language of the pattern we know if we want the area of a rectangle we do the length times the breadth i haven't used any letters there i've used words but it's that relationship the area is the length multiplied by the breadth and they know that and they use it in everyday life. We use it if we're working out how many bricks or slabs we need for a patio. It's length times breadth. But if we keep saying it all the time, it gets really annoying when we then start writing it down and we have to write length multiplied by breadth. So we just make it simpler. And it seems natural to say it's L multiplied by B and we use the symbols. I think the trick is not to go to the symbols too quickly because it doesn't make sense unless you've had that conversation, you've had those experiences. We were doing an enrich activity the other day, which I first came across when I was working on the MAST um, teacher programme with primary teachers. And it was about just boxes of sweets. Um, a lot of the maths I do tends to involve sweets. <laughs> uh, but this was about having 
two boxes of sweets, identical sweets. So one child's got one box and the other child has the other box. They're both full of sweets, but one of them has an extra two sweets on top of the box. So identical boxes of sweets and one box has two more sweets in. And the challenge was, how many sweets have they got? What do you know about the number of sweets? And it just tends to be the same for everybody. One person might say, well, if that box has 10 in and the other person's got two more, they've got 12. And we do that specialising idea of just trying out ideas and getting our heads into it. We have not written anything down yet. We've not done any symbols, but we're thinking algebraically. We're thinking about the relationship that one person has two more. And then we can start to generalise it that way. And when we're ready, we can draw it graphically or we can write it down using symbols because that helps us do it more efficiently. Mm. And it's the same whether that we want to convert currency on holiday or we're trying to work out metric to imperial or when we are converting currencies, there might be a fee to pay. So there's something to add on and then the conversion. And that's when algebra comes in really, really useful. But it's presenting it to that point where it kind of makes sense because it makes life easier. Just like having a road sign, which is symbolic, is so much easier than somebody writing up. And when you get to the corner, there's going to be a bend. So please slow down. <laughs> we can just put a symbol up, you know, bigger chance I'm going to understand that symbol than there is I'm going to read all the information if they'd written it down for me. Mm. But to begin with, I needed it writing down. I needed to understand it. Then I learned the symbol and I'm off driving safely on our roads. You know, algebra is the language of mathematics, just like the highway code is the language of our roads. And I love that analogy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where did it come from? You know, this is something that's evolved over time, like all languages. It's a bit like saying, uh, where did the number system come from? Well, we know different cultures evolve number systems at different times and they are still very different today. We don't all use the base 10 system. That's partly where the history of maths is so fantastic. Mm -hmm. But we know that in the Middle East, in the ninth century, books were being written when they talked about algebra, you know, the broken parts, the elements that we think of being algebra. So people were writing it down in the ninth century. So that means they were talking about it and it was being used at that time and probably well before that time. And then you come to Europe in, you know, sort of the 1500s, you get the printing press and all of a sudden there's a mechanism for sharing this approach, this algebra and using some of the letters and standardising it. So that was another key area. So we pay this huge debt to Middle Eastern culture and the mathematicians at that time because they were recording the algebra and then the systems that, that have been developed since are the ones we use today and you know there'll be others developed in the future because you know maths isn't that static subject it's a subject that's evolving and as we find a need we evolve new areas to meet that need and I think that's why it's so exciting being in the faculty at Cambridge where we've got mathematicians who are investigating and pushing forward the boundaries of the subject. You know, it's such an exciting place to be. And when somebody says, you know, what is algebra? Why do we need it? I think there's the alternative, trying to imagine a world without algebra and what we would be missing. I mean, 
it's another approach but wow if you took algebra away I think our lives would be so much more difficult yeah that's the sort of nightmares that would keep me awake at night no (laughs) (laughs) get away life without algebra no and it's not always obvious um but for parents and some of the students to see the beauty and the elegance in mathematics that we do. So again, for non-math specialists or new new teachers to the profession, what is your advice when you have a parent-teacher meeting that struggles, you know, they struggle to understand that the, the engagement at home is probably lacking what where does the positive conversation come in with the parents we'll talk a little bit more about parental involvement that you're going to do but in in that conversation what can a teacher say to a parent to help change their mindset yeah i mean when that parent has come into school they have to go through the entrance come down to the maths department or the maths classroom so they've, they've been on a journey and that journey is a great opportunity to be literally selling maths and promoting it you know are the posters there showing the uses of maths does the classroom brim with mathematical examples resources just all those things that make it so special and then talking with the parents you know it's okay to find things difficult and it's okay to share that with the children that sometimes things are not that easy when we first come across them but the rewards of being able to do the mathematics, the doors that open, makes it just so worthwhile. So even if something has been difficult for a parent, it doesn't mean it's gonna be necessary that way for the child. So support them. Even if you see it's a homework task that maybe you're not confident with, just by making sure they have a space to do the homework, that you're showing an interest in the homework, you're checking that they've done it and finding a way to help even if you can't do it there might be another member of the family it could be that if your number works not strong you're signing up with national numeracy and doing some of those courses Mm. but showing that you value it and you really care that they do well at maths that Mm. would make such a difference just really valuing the subject if we can nail that then when they're in the classroom we can do the rest but showing how important it is with our classroom environment with the way we communicate with families i think that's just such an important way forwards not everyone's going to be an algebra expert but just valuing the skills is an important step forward yeah excellent excellent points do you think that there has been a contributing factor the the pandemic and, and parents having more of this home learning seeing more of the learning more of the homework more you know being asked more of um do you think that that has had a positive or a negative impact i think it varies you know you know Mm. i think there's been families where they've seen the maths they've just been blown away by what the children can do and think back to their school days and the sort of work that they were doing So in some ways, it's been brilliant. I've read newspaper articles where the writers have said, do you know what? I couldn't be a teacher. I see what they do. It's brilliant. I'm never going to complain again. And there's other families where they've looked at it, been reminded maybe of some negative um, images from their own days and 
have had to withdraw from it. And yeah, that's such a shame. But one thing that we did at Enrich, we set up maths at home. It was live before the lockdown happened because we all knew it was coming. That Monday morning, maths at home was ready. And what we did is we chose activities for all the key stages that were parent friendly. So they didn't require the parents to have lots of time to sit down and help because they might be working from home. It didn't require the subject knowledge because it might just be a bit rusty by now. And it didn't make them act like the teacher in case they're worried about doing the wrong things. We chose activities which were fun, engaging, and there's some helpful notes and videos if needed to show what to do. And you know what? When we looked at the data for that first week, we were getting over a million page views of the resources. And it was just, it was amazing the response from schools and families. We put them into five categories. So the ones that could use pencil and paper, you could do offline. There were interactivities, they could play online. We put up activities, those low threshold, high ceiling, that they could keep coming back to. And we chose resources that could be found around the home. And I think it's this approach, seeing it from the parents' point of view, whether it's the way we set up our displays in our classrooms, the way we communicate, or the way we respond during lockdown. So that those children are still having valuable problem-solving activities. And the parents feel supported because they've got access to them. There's notes if they want them. But the children are engaged. So they're going to go and get on with it and hopefully still coming back to it. I mean, one of the projects we did before lockdown, which just proved so useful, was solving together. And that was about parental engagement. That was about year sevens who've just gone off to secondary school, getting them engaged with sharing the maths with their families. And we worked in schools in areas where maybe they weren't as lucky as other children. They didn't always have the resources and the support. But what we found by putting very, very short videos on, modeling the games and explaining the maths and just some short parental notes, we found that parental engagement increased and it increased significantly. And when we looked at the weekly activities that were being set for homework, for the children to share with their families, what we found was they didn't just do them once because it was homework. They went back to them the next week and the next week. And even during the school holidays, they carried on doing the solving together. And we got the children to do drawings of themselves doing maths before and after the project. And we put them side by side. And before the project, so many of them were sat up in their bedrooms by themselves doing the homework. And the end of project pictures they drew, it showed them sitting on the settee with the family doing maths challenges together. And they were telling us, you know, my mum was giving me hints on how to play this game or my dad was getting really frustrated and wanting to beat me. This is great. This was families doing maths. It wasn't about trying to catch the parents out and see if they didn't know something. It was about giving the children the time to practice their skills in a home environment. And we uploaded all of those to the Enrich website. They're there now under Solving Together and we linked to them through Maths at Home. And they've made such a difference throughout lockdown and hopefully going forwards. So we can do these things and I think they'll make a real difference as we go forwards. Seeing it from the parents' point of view, 
you know, appreciating limited time, subject knowledge, and just that caution that they don't want to do things wrong. So let's put things up there that they can enjoy doing together as a family. I mean, what more could you want? Family sitting down in the evening, playing maths games together. That's the dream, isn't it? That's how I'd like to spend most of my, my Saturday night games nights. That would be oh, awesome. Yeah. I mean, Uno gets uh, a, a lot of attention in our house. Um, we, we like to play Uno. But again, that's around numbers and probabilities and that kind of stuff. But they don't realise they're doing it. But that's that's the hidden love from my point of view. Um, and also, I was just thinking those solving together tasks would also work really well. I hear a lot of centres and schools that have these, you know, um, clubs or parent engagement evenings where they try and bring parents in to help them, um, you know, with their subject knowledge. But how about turning that on its head and having a solving together club where they don't come in as the parent trying to reskill, but they come in with their children and play? and have almost like a games night, that would be good, wouldn't it? Because I think that's the perception of a lot of, you talk about the journey on those, the walk through the door. We need to appreciate some of those parents are so anxious to walk through that door to try and engage. So maybe turning it on its head and having a solving together club would, would be awesome, wouldn't it? Oh, wow, that would just be so fantastic that we get children bringing their families in, maybe even making sure that the children could already play them and showing off their skills to their families. And the other thing that we did for Maths Week England, which schools can access, is we put our roadshow resources on Enrich. And they have so many activities that families can do together and explore. So as you say, if schools set up these clubs, they can use solving together, they can use the roadshow resources and mm. get families doing maths together. I mean, that's yeah. the dream. Absolutely. I'd like to go to one of those clubs. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Let's sign up. Let's sign up. Yeah, we'll, we'll sneak in the back. <laughs> Definitely. It sounds like a good way to spend an evening to me. It does. Um, I'm conscious of the time, just looking, um, we're getting near to the, the end of our time. I want to talk about, obviously, we, we've you know, we've, we've talked a lot about aspirations and what we would like for the future, but what what what's next for you? Well, if we're looking towards next year, um, obviously we've got Maths Week England, which will be bigger and better than ever. So that's going to be so exciting. Uh, but from Enrich point of view, as soon as the new year starts, we'll have all the new features up. And so schools can make every day a problem solving day. There'll be resources ready for their classes, no matter which key stage they can teach. And what I'm really looking forward to is early January, seeing those solutions coming through, seeing all the different ways that the children are working on the problems. And really, really, especially for me, the ones that are going to come out in January are going to be about proof and algebra. And I'm just so excited to be getting those through. So, you know, if people are looking for a New Year's resolution and so often we give things up, why not do something new? Why not make every day a problem solving day? Go on Enrich, choose a problem. You can warm up with our advent calendars because that will get you in the habit, but make every day a problem solving day. And if you teach New Year's resolution here, why not submit a solution from your class if you've not done before? And let's see if you can get that 
published on the Enrich website for other schools to see. I mean, that would be so good for the start of the new year. So Absolutely. every day a problem solving day, that would be a brilliant new year for me. That would be brilliant. I love that. And also, I think, why not aspire to have, you know, an Enrich notice board? You know, I used to have one in my classroom. Oh, yeah. What about a departmental one? You know, so it's not everybody doing the same thing. What about, you know, I used to have little like Polly Pocket, little plastic wallet that was stapled to the wall so I could print off lots of the challenges and have them in the, you know, children could just take one if they wanted one. Um, but that would be a good thing. Um, Ems, I am really, I think that brings us to a really positive end to our chat today and I'm so convinced that many people listening in are going to be hitting that site you you might get a lag now <laughs> <laughs> traffic is busy on the Enrich website thank you so much for having me I've really enjoyed our chat and I've just made a note you know first of January for myself get a problem done and I'll make sure that's my new year's resolution as well thanks oh. very much Oh, you're more than welcome and I, I think I might have to go back and try the factors and multiples game because it's been it's been a while and hopefully everyone else that's listening in is just as inspired um, and of course not only about maths but about having those um, conversations about algebra so everybody until the next episode of the right angle it's goodbye from both me and Dr Ems.